everybody and welcome to a stock number i wrote dropping but i'm gonna say plummeting charlotte <laughs> flair invading and cody lashing episode of the brothers of discussion we're gonna talk everything from the mjf cody angle on aew to the continued integration of wwe's quote main roster to nxt and matt the end of the 999 WWE Network as we know it. Possibly. My God, the sky is falling. Possibly. But guaranteed. But who knows? You're only going to find out right now. Matt. <laughs> is that your ESPN? Uh... Right now. Oh, man. What? <laughs> it just felt right to man. say. Matt, as you know, another week, another dash of spice and hotness from professional wrestling. How are you? I'm doing really good. I was really excited to talk today, and then all the wrestling news started coming out. And I was so excited because, uh, Mike, you had Tweet of the Century, it appears, last night. Uh, I just, I, how knows? many people are going to retweet that and say, this is the funniest thing ever? Um, still waiting on you to send me that video so we could post it on Instagram. But hey, you know, you got to do two clicks. Those are two rough clicks. Jesus. Um, anyway, sorry. I, Not on Instagram. I just yet. remembered yeah, that know. I asked you for it, so I thought I'd, I'd throw some stank on the opening just to the show. Get it on tape. Huh? Put it on the show. Okay. Um, so if you don't see it on Instagram, folks, it's Mike's fault. All right. Head on over to bodpodcast.com and brothersadiscussion.com. Uh, check out everything Brothers of Discussion. Uh, what, what we're hoping, too, is uh, let's do this push at the beginning here. Uh, we switched our podcast from SoundCloud to Anchor. Why? Well... SoundCloud doesn't really do anything to help you distribute, and uh, they cost money, and Anchor supplies us with advertising, and it's free. Most importantly for you, you can actually go to our Anchor page and leave us a voice message. Um, it, it's something that uh, we've been tweeting out, so it's as easy as clicking on a button and then uh, speaking into your phone. And that's that's Buttons aren't easy for everyone. Oh, that's right. We just established that. Like sharing things on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> forgot we just established that i've heard <laughs> all right well i promise this is much easier than uh texting uh, all right that might not be true but we want to hear from you we've we've done our facebook group where we we get some comments uh but we want to hear your your beautiful voices uh so head on over there because uh we can actually have we can have a discussion uh and expand outside of the, the brothers that that doesn't sound that sounds bad. Uh, the, we're the brothers of discussion. That's that's what I'm saying. All right. Moving on. Go to at BOD Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Brothers underscore of underscore discussion. To go to our Instagram that does not have a video that Mike posted. And uh, go to our Facebook, which is just uh, brothers of discussion. Uh, so, yeah. That's everything there. And we're, yeah. we're now, I mean, we're now uh, on more podcast platforms than ever before. So. My God. It's just. Anchor is helping us, uh, so please do us a favor. This is the time to share us. Um, huge shout out to Amy, who we we met up with at uh, at the Royal Rumble and got to sit with her for for the whole show. Uh, huge shout out to Amy, who's been really pumping uh, the movement. And uh, I just uh, it should be easier for everybody. The only thing is, if you're a, a long time listener on SoundCloud, uh, you are F U C K E D. That's right, fucked. Anyway, <laughs> moving forward. Matt, you know what we really want is for people to just, not just any audio clip, I want to hear them give their best uh, Drew McIntyre impression when he's saying, Randy! Randy! Right, so you already beat me, so I, I'm second place right now. So can you beat... So you can get into second place, or maybe even first! <laughs> but you gotta try. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually like that. Uh, why don't we do? Why don't we do a little a little competition? Uh, the best, the best Drew McIntyre impression that gets said to us. We're gonna play him. This is gonna get us a lot of topless hairy Woo! nude shots, but hopefully, 
There'll also be some uh, audio accompaniment. That's what we're looking for here. Folks. Uh, well, what we'll do, Mike, the winner, if you're cool with this, we'll just decide this yeah. right now. Uh, the winner gets a Drew McIntyre T-shirt. Let's do that. Boom. Uh, you get to pick. Uh, so we won't have it because it could be a lady or a man that wins. Uh, so you got to send in your message. We're gonna play them all, and then uh, we'll post them online, and then uh, you guys can could give us your votes on, on who actually won this thing. So, uh, yeah, let's do that. Shit, that's a, that'll be nice let's and easy. Let's see who can, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if whatever you feel right in your heart, if you just want to say, Randy, if you just if you want to count down from three, yeah. uh, if you want to say Brock, um, Matt, anything else on the table? If you want to say Matt's name as Drew McIntyre, Ooh. Matt will have a new text message you alert. Win. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah, you'll if definitely If you're Drew win. McIntyre... Uh, please actually, you know, call in and, and we'd like to interview you. Matt has his personal cell yeah. phone number. He would love to save that voicemail. Yeah. What a, man, what a tough oh, pickle that's, for that's you. Thing, do you. Do you answer the call and talk to him or save the voicemail for the rest well, actually, of the time? Actually, just to sell this a little bit more now that I'm thinking about it, you don't have to give us your phone number. You just send a, you, you hit that button and it just records the message and you're done. You don't, you don't have to do anything, but, well, there's a profile so that we can actually pick you to win some so you can win the drew mcintyre t-shirt but uh you don't you don't <laughs> you don't have to like give us your personal information we're not gonna get that stuff we'll just have a way to contact you again uh so yeah yeah we don't we don't need your bank account uh you know we don't need to know you know if you have maybe money invested somewhere maybe you have money invested in uh the plummeting stock that's the wwe matt what's going on uh, I was having fun talking about our contest. Uh, I guess we'll... I know, and I thought we were going to talk about wrestling today, and then you dropped this bomb on me five minutes before the show, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Matt, fill us in. Wait, what? Fill us in? All right, so the, the stock stock in. took some major drops. Um, uh, I, I just... It, it's it's not been doing well, all right? So if I, if I go back, let's see, uh, the last... Six months. Uh, the these are the lowest points. It's it's January. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I don't know how to work this thing. It's February third, and then of course today, February sixth uh, of the last six months. Uh, those are the the lowest points for the stock. And if we go back a full year, uh, it is worth forty four dollars and fifty cents right now. Whole year ago, Mike, sixty four dollars and twenty two cents. So. There's there's a lot going into this. I I, I think uh, what you brought up, Mike, about the uh, the presidents going down shows that there's a uh, the, the confidence in this company is is certainly dipping. Um, it's wavering, <laughs> just to, to put yeah, it nicely. And, and think uh -huh. about like the fiasco out in uh, in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, oh, you know what? I I'm such an asshole. <laughs> I, I I didn't do that right. But the what I just said was correct. <laughs> uh, I, so here's what I did. I, I hit year to date instead of one year, and then I just went, oh, um, that's only till January. But no, still, still the lowest stock point in the last year is <laughs> it's that number we just talked about. Uh, not as low as like going back to, uh, let's see, the pre-Saudi Arabia days, but uh, still the lowest point since then. Okay. Back, back on track. Back on track. I, I do apologize that I fudged right, so that up is, for a second. This, this doesn't sound good, um, but most of us probably don't uh, literally have money invested in WWE. I mean, T-shirts and the WWE network aside. Matt, what does this mean with the stock numbers dropping? What, what does that mean for us? Like the common... WWE well, the, the stock number represents like where investors think this company is headed. So when it's going up, they think that this company is going to be making them more money in the future. And when it takes <clears throat> these severe drops, there is information out there that probably wasn't talked about in this meeting. Um, and unfortunately, it is illegal what we're talking about is when this insider information gets moved around but when you see these huge drops i think we just have to accept the fact that insider information does get moved and uh that information got around and once people started to see other people selling the stock then they needed to jump on that bandwagon as well so it's really the simplest way to put it mike is a drop in trust and lack uh, of confidence and your ability to make money from owning a WWE stock. I think that's the simplest way to put it. Because, uh, again, 
these numbers aren't necessarily a, an exact representation of like the value of the company. It's it's a val it's it's a future value. So that's that's what we're looking at. Uh, that's how people are making their decisions to stick around or go because that that future value just seems to uh, or <laughs> seems to actually drops. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of us don't really have, you know, like we haven't put money in to get that stock. It, it sounds like what might happen, though, is to compensate for that, WWE is going to have to look to uh, the unofficial stockholders. Uh, that's what I'm going to call us, people who pay monthly for the network, um, you know, buy merchandise, things like that. And it sounds like we're going to be the ones uh, basically trying to even everything out. Um, well. It's starting to sound like they're going to have tiers, potentially, for the WWE Here, Network. Well, here's the scary thing, because uh, they kind of already have tiers. Um, the scary thing is that they didn't lead on to what exactly the strategy is. So this is what companies really take a dip, um, because they're scrambling right now to make a decision that investors will be happy with. Um and and there there are companies that waver in stock price, uh, but eventually kind of have a steady incline, or at least you know let's let's stop the uh, the the yeah. Uh, there's the ebbs and flows of like how, uh, how quickly they're they're decreasing, but that's because they they don't have an immediate reaction, and WWE's immediate reaction is fire people, and then announce that there's a strategy coming, and of of just classic WWE fashion, they don't know what that is yet. They just know, ah, oh, new strategy's coming. And, Mike, that is the scariest thing in the world for an investor. Um, like, you get into the entertainment realm, and it's not something that... I mean, if you have Disney stock, you're kind of like, oh, boy, another Star Wars park is opening? Perfect. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick right. around, no problem. Uh, but then when the WWE has new competition popping up, well, it sounds they have like a... with their, their biggest revenue stream, which is Saudi Arabia, like that relationship seems to be a big issue. And the, uh, and the yeah. ratings aren't that great when they moved over to Fox. So it's just results and uh, sort of the prospectus are all negative. But yeah, uh, go ahead. I keep interrupting your it's... mid-thought. No, you're fine. It just sounds like uh, like they're reacting to the weather instead of the climate oh that's a perfect way to put it yeah so it doesn't mean that there isn't uh, climate <laughs> yeah, change know. you know that's great <laughs> that there is a climate change just because it might be hot or cold one day it's about the the pattern the trajectory um and it, it sounds like wwe's kind of been panicking there because even with these drops they're still at you know basically in the years in the last what 18 months uh you know in good shape like that was the, the one of their record numbers last year um when the saudi arabia money started coming in they started adding all that viewership um and it sounds like part of this issue is that um they're having trouble with the uh, television distribution rights in the middle east um something that they thought was going to be you know just put a little mustard on the, on the hot dog this was going to be ready to go and it, it doesn't sound like that's happening it sounds like there's people who aren't happy about that <laughs> um because of the well um you know you know what's funny with what you're saying right now uh, and i'm now i'm just going a little bit deeper into these numbers the largest drop before this was the jamal Khashoggi uh murder Ooh. so that that gives you an idea of like what's going on with this with this stock there's a ton of politics involved but they were at $96.73. Think about that. We're at $44.50. Right before the Jamal Khashoggi murder, $96.73. And then they dropped all the way down to $62.60. Boop! Wow. Politics. Wow. That's, that's the trouble with getting your, like, trying to make your company global is now you don't just have one country's politics to worry about. You have every country's politics to worry about. Um, <laughs> and and that, that's, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, chaos theory. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it sounds that's like, it. you know, they, um, they're, they're really excited to go, you know, international. They're really um, excited to get that. And this, 
<laughs> yeah, it's. I don't think it's unlike the NBA when they, you know, suddenly had these weird issues with China, um, you know, about the the uh, players and coaches and GMs like commenting on the um, uh, the safety, the livelihood of you know Chinese uh, natives, and suddenly there's these you know basketball players who don't even live in the country, you know, throwing their opinions around, and uh, you know we kind of take some of our you know, freedom of speech is uh, for granted a little bit. And I, I think that it definitely felt like an invasive intrusion. Um, and it's just something that, you know, you go global and it's not always, you know, rainbows. And I think it's something the NBA kind of had to learn the hard way. Um, you know, where potentially they could have broken that relationship with China and they're trying desperately to mend it. But with WWE going to the Middle East, I... It's just tough because it doesn't feel like anybody's rooting for that, you know, bridge to be intact, except for people physically in the Middle East. Uh, nobody likes the product when it goes over there. It's kind of a more than a more than a black eye on the on the WWE as a company that you know they're. It's it's so transparent like how they're funding certain things um how they are building giant rosters how they are able to fund expansion and it's because they're taking you know money but you know the blood money it's 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 just part of our vernacular now like we know that phrase because of wwe you know accepting this you know fantasy booking of a, a rich prince in the middle east well it's um it's something, Mike, I, I want to bring up one thing and then I want to ask you a follow-up. But, like, one one yeah. aspect of the Saudi Arabia relationship is its people. And you definitely see in some of the interviews they've done that not everybody wants to or believes in the leadership of the prince. So, one aspect is... They are bringing entertainment to that area for those people, right? Like, they're not all bad in Saudi Arabia. Um, right. The problem is we know where the money's coming from. Like, that's where this whole conversation always starts. But they are doing that. So the follow-up, Mike, is how, how much of that do you think the WWE actually believes is why they're there? Because I'll just say that that is the counter-argument to staying in Saudi Arabia, that... Um, you're you're still giving the people of, of Saudi Arabia good entertainment to watch, and it's something they want. It's something that they're allowed to pay for. They pay for, and let's you know let's not damn the whole area just because of <laughs> bad politics. Uh, but that's where my right. follow up question is: you know, where do you think the WWE it's... actually considers that? Wait, considers what? The uh, the good of the people of Saudi Arabia getting to watch WWE. Oh, um, no, I, I don't think that that's really what they're doing. I don't, I don't think they've been searching the globe and they're like, my God, there's, you know, like starving people in Africa. My God, we could be dropping bread off over here. You know, it's, right. it's not like they saw, my God, the Saudi Arabians don't have a single wrestling TV show to watch. Come on, guys, let's. Let's get our ring and ropes together. We're gonna put on a big old spectacle in Saudi Arabia. It's like no, it's clearly <laughs> about money. Um, but that is a cute idea. Um, I kind of think what WWE has to do um, is not make these panic moves that damage the one great thing that they've done um, in the WWE network, and that's panic and make more changes. Um, if anything, I would just keep maybe, whew, like, uh, I know it, I, it might sound gross, but to kind of Donald Trump their way through this. And I get what I mean by that is there's so many awful things that have happened around him as a politician. Like, people didn't agree with his opinions. He wasn't, you know, super politically correct. Um, you know, he, he said some pretty hateful things, things you're not accustomed to hearing from, you know, a nation, like a, a leader of a nation. But somehow, he's kind of marched his way through that. And it, I, I guess that's one of the things we've kind of grown accustomed to seeing from WWE, whether, you know, they're being, you know, having wrestlers represent, you know, the Iraqis in the 90s and, you know, having black characters be, you know, these cartoonish birth of a nation, uh, you know, morons. Not all or, the time. 
you know, they treat the women, put them in mud pies and have them wrestle each other. And they've just kept soldiering on because they're, they're just kind of shake off these bad things and say, well, we have enough good ones that they're going to trump it and you're probably yeah. going to forget it. That was a, a fun uh, way to drop trumpet yeah. in there. Um, I kind of think that's probably WWE's best move and selfishly for my own desires. I don't want to have to pay for tiered WWE networks uh, to help with their stock prices. <laughs> um, but I, I just... Like you said, they could still make this, you know, a positive. Like they did have, a, you know, one of the first women's, you know, wrestling bouts on TV. It was a, it was an ordeal. You know, people were kind of excited about it, even though they were nervous about it, which is why they didn't, you know, put Becky and Charlotte in the match. But anyway, um, they know there's an audience there. Um, if anything, this is still the entertainment business. It is a business. It is entertainment. There's people who want to be entertained by it. If this guy's going to give us a blank check and that affords us the ability to have NXT wherever we want to have an all women's pay-per-view, they might just have to WWE it. You know what I mean? Or, or Trump it as I, as I called it. (laughs) Well, let me, let me throw in, let me, let me throw something in here, Mike. What, what does WWE do best? Do they do pro wrestling best or do they do international negotiations? I might I might be leading the witness a little bit. I mean, they did pry AJ Styles from New Japan. That's the yeah. <sighs> I guess I'll do wrestling. Okay. So instead of like trying to figure out the next big country to work with, or like a- another big aspect of this is they keep flubbing these uh, cable deals with uh, international companies, and they're they're not getting good distribution. Or the worry is that they won't get good distribution for the deals that aren't complete. Um, so let's go back to the being able to do wrestling and make wrestling decisions because that's the company they are. Uh, even when you talk about Disney going international, I, it's a completely different, it feels like it's a completely different, um, conversation because Disney goes international into the film industry and WWE is kind of going like, well, we're entertainment uh and we're gonna give you your first dose of like major pro wrestling and there's movies everywhere so when disney goes international we know what movies are um and i'm not saying this is their first experience in pro wrestling but i mean for for like something major like this uh like the wwe and how big a spectacle it is i i i'm talking too much yeah let me throw out my solution mike new japan pro wrestling two nights uh for wrestle kingdom why the fuck doesn't WWE just go? Let's do let's do two nights of WrestleMania, and uh, we'll have huge matches on night one, even bigger matches on night two. Have tiered pricing for night one and night two, but collect, you know, buco bucks and fill up a stadium two nights in a row. Cause you're you're gonna fill up Monday Night Raw right the next night, and uh, yeah, I I just. Just do it. Just do Saturday, Sunday is WrestleMania weekend and um, have, you know, have some things decided on Saturday, just like New Japan and have it just, you know, have have the culmination on Sunday. And then for some of it, you're just, you know, we're talking about 15 matches right now. I think at WrestleMania was was uh, this was the news two days ago. Um, Why not just do two nights? So then I don't have to watch wrestling for 12 hours on sunday because i don't want to do that and then i don't miss anything and i don't have to come back later i can just do three hours on saturday three hours on sunday wwe gets to fill up a football stadium two nights in a row i i don't they don't have to move think about the cost that they incurred to move the circus now they don't have to do it and they can collect maybe not double the revenue but a lot more revenue for the setup involved the supply chain aspect is there. The audience will be there. The idea that this is better for the viewer so that they're not watching 12 straight hours, hours of wrestling in one day, you give them six in two different days. Um, I just... If if it was all about advertising, have somebody sponsor day one and have somebody else sponsor day, t- day two, I just... It's so easy. And you know what, Mike? I'm not reading this anywhere. This isn't on dirt sheets. This isn't uh, what Bleacher Report suggested. This just popped in the old noggin. And it was just because we were spitballing ideas. 
Stop trying to figure out like the digital space. Stop trying to figure out. Oh, if we'll, we'll have some people pay sixteen ninety nine for the network, and then uh, those cheapos they'll pay like uh, seven ninety nine, and then there'll be this other. No, stop trying to cheat the system. Just go figure out pro wrestling and do that as good as you can. And and I think that starts with viewing it and uh, like maximizing your revenue on on just straight up viewership. Damn it. It's, it's their second biggest event next to the Saudi Arabia events. So try and get it closer to being your number one event again. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, say that's a bad idea. I You know, WrestleMania does kind of drag on a little bit for one day. It would be, you know, my own selfish interest to move it to two days. But I don't think that this... I don't think that this desire is going to go away. And I think they're going to keep getting sexy offers to take the circus on the road, you know, and go to other countries. Um, I think they kind of saw the dollar signs and said, ah, we'll figure out that other stuff. You know, once the event's over, we'll, you know, we'll call it a Royal Rumble. That's what people like. Let's do the biggest, greatest, grandest Royal Rumble. Um, I don't know. I, I, the solution for me, <laughs> I, I don't, I think it would be a nightmare for them to like, you know, make certain WWE network prices like sixteen ninety nine or 17 I think people would really get mad and quit. I think they would probably stop doing it and go to some other wrestling show. Um, they, they would right, like them like marketing wizards to keep people around for that. Cause I think the only one that is, you know, above, you know, around that $10 mark is Hulu. And that's just because it's live and it has all that extra stuff with it. Um, I mean, maybe if they figured out some way to like, you know, you could watch like Fox, you know, kind of Hulu style. You could watch like Fox uh, Smackdown and USA on this new thing that they would do. But outside of that, I, I don't know. But, like, think about how long it took Hulu to get live TV. Now you're asking the WWE to go through that. Well, I mean, if we're talking about the company WWE, we're talking about Vince McMahon, a guy who has the balls to not just fail at XFL. He's going to do it again. Uh, A guy who, (laughs) you know, put his whole reputation on the line to try and do WrestleMania when it first, you know, happened. A guy who, you know, went up against uh nitro even though he was losing for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and watching his you know superstars that he created walk away you know hogan macho uh nash you know scott hall all those guys um i i I don't think that he's gonna want to just play it safe um you know what you know what day i think he decided to shoot you know shoot his shot again with the xfl hmm. It was September 28th, 2018, when the stock hit $96.73. Well, what are we going to do with all this money? I'm going to do that goddamn Um, football league if it's the last thing I do. What if he dies on Saturday? What if the stock drops to like like (laughs) $9.99? The stock drops to $9.99. Then they'll do advertisements uh, during Raw to pick up your... Get your WWE stock for nine ninety nine. Um, man, I, I don't know if we can linger much more on this topic. It just it sounds like bad news. And ultimately, Matt, if you're going to sum it up in a sense, I'm going to do mine first. I would just be just keep following the plan. Uh, these people are going to fall off, but they'll be back. Uh, that's what wrestling is. It's a tale as old as time. They leave and then they come back because it's still ingrained in them. So. Yes, the Saudi Arabia thing looked like a nightmare. It was well. First, it was paradise. Now it's starting to, you know, even out a little bit. But I think it's going to go back up. So I, I wouldn't make all these panic moves, Matt. If you're going to try and sum up your your thesis over there. No, I, I I'd agree, and I I think what's funny is it's a panic move on the investors, and then a second panic move by the WWE to say, well, we get, we're we're changing everything. So if you're hanging on now, just keep hanging on. Which if I heard that and I was one of those guys that move my stock all the time, then I, you know, I drop it like a bag of rocks. But um, 
Mike, I, I'd say the one of the moves that's kind of akin to to try and <laughs> to try and make sure these Saudi Arabia relationships are all shored up uh, comes with our next topic. Mike, Bill Goldberg's going to tell us who's next. Oh no! Oh boy! Hopefully, it's not somebody as big as the Undertaker. <laughs> um, hopefully, it'll be like uh, a little. Well, I guess he already fought Ziggler. Uh, let's let's do a uh, little riddle. Let's, Let's have Matt Riddle get a shot. Let's Ooh. see if he can shoot a shot. Um, so before I, we I uh, that before we fantasy would, uh, book this, is this for Saudi yeah. Arabia? I I think so. It's not for WrestleMania, is it? Oh no, I th- I think there's a Saudi Arabia thing in the middle. Okay. I don't know. Ricochet's getting a title shot. Where's that happening? I have I honestly have no clue. It's uh, <laughs> what do they call it? Battleground or fast lane? Um, I just know that they're not doing the Elimination Chamber, which kind of bums me out. Oh, well, that is a bummer. Um, if you're going to um, fantasy book... I almost called him Lesnar. If you're going to fantasy book Goldberg again, you know, who's next? Is that who you want? I I mean, that's who I want, but I don't think that they're going to let Riddle do that, are they? Are they going to let I him mean, school Goldberg I, at wrestling? Right, you you put it the right way. Is that going to happen? No. Is uh is it pop? Yeah, okay. Thursday, fe- February twenty seventh, Super Showdown. There Here you go. go. Um, wh- where where was my head at? Uh, yeah, is that is Riddle gonna win? Absolutely not. I, I think they'd have to sit down with Riddle and go. All right, you gotta let Goldberg win, otherwise you can't fight Goldberg. So Bro. I think that. <laughs> right. I I think that might be the long and short of it. Um, but. I mean, all right. So, who do we want to put in this match? Uh, did he already fight Triple H? Is that no? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, that's fine. Hopefully, it's not like Edge. It's oh Edge no! Die. Oh no! <laughs> that's the end of Edge. Um, oh, God, I don't even want to think about that match. I know. I mean, it would be nice to see like Kevin Owens get um, like a rematch and win. But again, we're talking about Goldberg and his ego. Like he can't make a post on social media without losing his shit because everybody tells him how much he sucks at wrestling. So let's do this. Um, instead of guessing who it would be, Matt, what would be your ideal Goldberg matchup? Like, uh, pick who's gonna win. It's kind of sound you. You, t- you said we're not going to pick who he's facing, but what's the ideal? Is what's your losing? ideal? Is that what you want What's the ideal for Matt to see Goldberg? Oh. Like, what's going to make you tune in? Uh, Drew McIntyre, and it's a squash. Absolute squash. <laughs> it's a three-second match where he just countdowns the Claymore? Yeah. Like, I want to see the exact same story that was told when Goldberg took down Lesnar, but I want to see McIntyre take out Goldberg. I think, like... If they could actually sit down with Goldberg and go, hey, you know how there's like short-term gain and long-term gain? Well, we're trying to build a company here and we're going to give you money. So let us build a super duper star, please. We'll give you money. Money. I would like. And they start sliding the money towards Goldberg. I would like him to do that for uh, Matt Riddle. I would love to see him attempt to spear, you know, Riddle with the old leapfrog and then gets him in the bro mission. That would Yeah, but you're you're talking about that that is the That would be amazing, but I still feel like we're talking about like a legit feud with two human beings and and now it just would feel like WWE's like, Hey Bill, hey, what's going on? Um You know, Matt Ri- No Bill, stop swearing. You can't get through this phone call if you don't stop swearing. Bill. Alright, Bill hung up. I mean, that's how I picture it. As long as they said Matt Ritt, they're gonna lose Goldberg. Um, that that just seems so. All right, so let me let me say this: if it if they did that, hello, Bill, Bill, yes, it's me, it's me. No, I'm not gonna talk about that. Just just listen, 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 listen. Riddle me this, bro, bro, listen. Riddle me this. Ah, Bill, come back. Ah, I hung up. All right, I thought I had him. Uh, if he if he did that, I would change my entire perspective on Bill Goldberg, and I would for you know I would ask for forgiveness uh, for all of the shit talking I've done for his shitty wrestling, um, and I'd also be like, all right, it's okay that uh, Kevin Owens lost to him because now Matt Riddle beats him. 
But I just, you know, a super showdown. You know, they want to see the old farts win, and I think they do. Yeah, I th- you know what? One quick thing before we move on, because this is such an awful point. Um, just talking <laughs> about who, ca- who's ca- who cares who's next for Goldberg. It's just one little nugget that reminds me that Lesnar is not as bad as we say sometimes, because at least he does, you know, take bumps for Ricochet. My God, he took a kick in the nuts. He took a Claymore hey. from McIntyre. Yeah. I, Mike, I, we're, we're always looking for reasons to watch uh, Super Showdown. Ricochet, Ricochet is going to get his title shot. We we could actually get to see uh, a fun, you know, Ricochet is not going to win, but yeah. we might get to see like a, a Finn Balor type match for Ricochet against uh, Brock. To your point, I, I think as much as I have forced myself to never turn into these Super Showdowns, I like Ricochet enough that I'm going to think about it. Uh, Ricochet, I think more than anyone right now on the main roster, really needs like a coming out party. Because if he if he's done in thirty seconds for this match, man, because the way he's been booked since he's you know been on Raw and SmackDown has just been brutal. Um, if he could last you know ten minutes in this match, I think that's a win for him. Whoa, I I would say like maybe. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess ten's a good number to work with. That was fun, Mike. I'd say nine minutes and thirty <laughs> seconds. What the fuck? Where the fuck's your head at? What the fuck? <laughs> I I thought about what I was about to say, and I went, "No, nope, I'm gonna sound like an asshole." I was gonna say eight minutes, like that makes a big difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, five minutes is kind of where my head's at to to start. Like, if you had said anything before, you know, we started even talking about Ricochet and how nice Brock Lesnar is. I probably would have put five minutes on it, but as long as it's not a Kofi one move done, um, I think that that's that's also a big win for Rick because he's also not established like Kofi Kingston and and especially like Drew McIntyre getting those kicks in and knocking him out of the Rumble. Um, you know those those are established guys. Those are guys that were ready for the push, and Ricochet is you know not right. Yeah, I think, I think that's uh, that. I think that's the toughest one to like win over Goldberg. Like, remember Daniel Bryan was wheezing, like his lungs had collapsed, and he fought AJ, and AJ's been in the game for twenty years, you know, killing himself out there uh, all over the world, and uh, same with you know Finn Balor and uh, Kofi. You know, he's only got one pectoral left. I mean, I think Brock really looked at those guys and said, "Man, these these dumb fuckers want to fight me. All right, I'll sell for him a little bit." Like, you could kind of see it in his face. But Ricochet, I don't know. It's like he's too pretty. Like, I could see Brock getting kind of mad and working stiff on him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I I would almost say, like, I'd rather see Brock versus Nakamura in a different setting. But this kind of feels like a, a Nakamura-Brock would have been a good move at this point. It's, you know, before Nak is gone and before... I don't know. Something changes with Brock, but uh, well, as far as like that, protecting that's... your assets, because Ricochet just keeps losing. He's just in a weird uh, tailspin right now where he doesn't win. So at the very least, it's oh. kind of like they looked at the roster and looked at this guy and said, "You're gonna keep losing, but at the very least, you're gonna look good doing it." So well, we're gonna have you fight the biggest man in the company, uh, Selridge. You know, we're gonna have you fight. <laughs> Nobody's seen that movie. Listen to this podcast. Uh, he's going to fight the biggest man in the company. Um, and as long as he's not embarrassing himself in 30 seconds, he's going to look pretty tough. And I, I think he needs to look tough for once. Well, also, uh, some more, uh, some, I don't know. What do we want to say? Some fantasy booking, mania predictions. Oh, my God. I hate fucking Red Wings. God damn it. Uh, anyway, fucking just gave up the game time goal with 40 seconds to go i thought we were gonna win uh all right charlotte flair and rhea ripley are gonna go at it wrestlemania it looks like that's pretty cool oh god you should take it away i'm so goddamn angry right now um (laughs) not about charlotte flair and rhea ripley this is what i said uh, last week like it's all worthwhile of charlotte winning the rumble if it means a charlotte versus rhea ripley and I i don't know how these rumors got started like who's Who's passing on that information? Like, this is, this would be, God, that would have been so much fun to have that be the surprise. And then when Rhea comes out, you're kind of like, oh, I guess that rumor was yeah. true. Instead of going, what the fuck, Rhea Ripley's here, yeah! 
Um, so then Charlotte, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later in the show, but yeah, Charlotte shows up on NXT, uh, potential Mike for triple threat, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, or, or at I, least, yeah, uh, I, I can't, a I can't say it enough. I, I hope that's not the case just cause I think WrestleMania would yeah. be best served with three singles matches with some of the best female wrestling in the world. Um, if you could get, you know, Becky and Asuka to continue their feud, uh, get Bailey and Sasha finally to to have their breakup match. I think people would really be electric for that, honestly. And then, you know, have the, you know, uh, most highly revered woman in WWE, whether you like her or not, you know, she's she's the Roman Reigns of the women's division, Charlotte Flair, going up against the Young Buck, helping to get Rhea Ripley over. I, I think that would be a great WrestleMania. Like, those three matches, Orton and Edge... Uh, uh, whoever the Fiend fights, Brock versus Drew McIntyre, that sounds like an A-plus WrestleMania to me. I I totally agree. I, I just, uh, it kind of felt like they were they were teasing that and that there was some potential of Bianca Belair and Charlotte going at yeah. it. But I, I completely agree with you. Um, we we talked about it, uh, we talked about it last year where I, I didn't like the triple threat because I want Charlotte to be in a spot where she can help uh, sell another match and honestly mike now we're now that we're not even talking about the nxt women's championship anymore and we're going the nxt championship um you're gonna put that on a whole nother level uh you're gonna help shoot uh you're gonna help the ratings uh for that nxt program the little nxt uh program i don't know if you heard of it it's on wednesdays oh, yeah, yeah, going yeah. up against aew yeah. um but you know what let, let we should talk about that like of all the winners in this, it's, it's us. Like, I, I, I can't stand. Mike, Wednesdays, my least favorite thing now is hearing people complain about Finn Balor being on Wednesdays, now Charlotte Flair being on Wednesdays, uh, that it's not fair that WWE... No, just, look, I, I tuned into AEW and saw some amazing stuff. I guess we'll, we'll talk about it later. But WWE just is putting out this amazing product on USA for NXT. And I just don't understand how people get upset that there's a great product on and they put an asterisk on it and say, well, yeah, they have all this money. So what? Take take the product. You're paying for your cable. You're paying that cable bill. Get the good wrestling. And I'm not saying watch WWE over AEW. I'm saying do not complain about the fact that one of the biggest female talents in pro wrestling has decided that it is worth you know, or it's probably not always their decision, but it, it's probably partially. Uh, it is worth her time to go to NXT and rekindle that fire and then face probably who's going to be the the top superstar in women's wrestling within the next year, which is really right. I mean, it's a little bit like you're, you know, let's, uh, let's do like a pop culture example because those are always our favorite on this show. Um, you know, we're about to have WandaVision. You know, it's going to be uh, uh, Scarlet Witch and The Vision are going to have their own TV show on uh, Disney+. Plus. That sounds like a lot of fun. But my God, on the bench, you could just have, like, the Hulk or Captain America have a cameo. And it's still the show of Wanda and Vision. But, you know, it just adds a little something to see the, you know, these lesser characters rub elbows with, you know, the, the, the top-level talent. And then you can kind of see, oh, they can actually you know, stand toe to toe. It's not just, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, God, God, God managed to reach down and, you know, touch our grace us just by touching our fingers. You know, we have characteristics that, you know, maybe a left turn here, right turn there. We would be up at that point. So I think when you put Charlotte up there, she's Captain America, she's the Hulk and she's coming down to see NXT and essentially get over the entire division. That's what you're doing. So you're actually helping an entire, you know, uh, uh, roster of women. I, I I don't see a negative in that. I, I think it's it's a fantastic idea. It's like when we're watching Mandalorian, Matt. You know, my God, what if Chewbacca made a cameo? And it's not just for the pop. It's You kind of get to see how those characters interact with that. And, you know, another yeah. left here, right there. You, you know, they, they could be our beloved character. And it's just to kind of almost like a humanitarian thing where you can kind of see how, how close um, uh, talent-wise, you know, now we'll bring it back to wrestling. 
you know, Bianca's got the power. Uh, Rhea's got, you know, uh, otherworldly charisma. It, you know, to see them go up against Charlotte like that, it's just, it's all value for everybody involved. So I, I think if you're seeing a negative in that, you're doing yourself a disservice as a viewer. I totally agree. I, I think you just got to eat it up. Um, now, we brought up uh, Asuka and Becky already, uh, so I guess we can kind of bounce over that. Mike, uh, just a quick thing is uh, Timothy Thatcher is at uh, the Performance Center, former tag partner with Walter with the uh, – I can't remember what their, their old stable was called in the indies, but uh, looks like with Imperium gaining uh, – some popularity after worlds collide it could be gaining another member oh which I, uh I think ring be pretty neat yeah marcel bartel's uh old old tag partner so a lot of a lot of exciting things going on um because of all that money that uh, the wwe used to have and <laughs> we'll see what's we'll see what's happening going forward you know what's funny before this all this news popped up um is that the the wwe was uh, rumored to be speaking with uh, Okada, which would just be would be amazing. Um, I I don't know how to even think about that. Like, I again, I uh, the first thing I saw was how upset people were, and they're like, "Well, you're just gonna ruin them." Um, but no, I mean, just imagine seeing Okada in WWE <laughs> and all the names that he could be fighting uh-huh. on a weekly basis. I, I think that is exciting enough. But, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that we had to kind of turn the story around. And I, I guess I'll just mention that, that that's running around the rumor mill. Um, and, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt because the story is that Triple H is is trying. But uh, who wouldn't? So I, I'd love to have uh, Okada as a, a talking head on our podcast on a weekly basis. But, uh, you know, yeah, here we are. Anyway, um I don't know. I don't even really want to talk about this at this point, but uh, Angel Garza, too, taking Andrade's place. Kind of weird. Yeah, didn't, he uh, fail a, didn't Andrade fail a drug a, test or a performance-enhancing drug test? Yes. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because it, it feels like they want to keep his momentum going, and there isn't really a punishment besides losing this time. Do you, do you feel like that's right? Like, I think we've seen in the past guys, you know, really lost their momentum because of these um, these issues with with breaking the policy. But uh, with Andrade, it kind of just seems like they're going out of their way to make sure the momentum isn't broken and there's a reason Andrade isn't actually around. Yeah, and... it's a weird spot for them to be in because, um, like, they still really like Selena Vega's work. Um, it feels like they, they're like, God damn it, we put so much effort in Andrade. Now you got to do this. Ugh. All right, well, we're going to keep it going, but we're going to keep the seat warm for you. We don't do it again, you know. So I think it's just funny that we've all just taken it in stride that they're like, all right, uh, batter up the next Latin guy. All right, Angel Garza, guess what? You're getting a push now. (laughs) It's such a blatant WWE thing, and nobody's talking about it. It's just the next Latin guy. Yep, you're going with Selena Vega. Isn't she with uh, Alistair Black? No, no, she looks like she'd be with Latin people. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, she could go with Alistair. Right, no, well, no, no. Latin guys. Look at her skin. And here we are. <laughs> so, I think it started with two <laughs> things. One, interesting that they want to maintain Andrade's uh, um, momentum, like he said. Two, that they want to feature Angel Garza. Uh, you know, uh, uh, he's kind of getting that street profit treatment where it's just like, well, uh, he's just main event now. Okay. And we're all just doing it. <laughs> um, and then the third. We're all just yes. okay with this? <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He rips his pants off. He's awesome. All right. And then uh, I guess uh, the third thing is, uh, you know, uh, we all just let it go because these guys are vaguely the same skin tone and nobody says a peep. It's just, okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much deeper I could. I can't really take another shot at it because I, I think we both agree on that end. And then from the, you know, breaking policy side of things, it just seems odd what's going on. But uh, I, I don't know. I guess in the long run, 
I don't really care when these guys break the policy. Like, it just, no, and I, I don't think WWE does either. That's why it's just, that... just like, all right, you have to be on t- off TV for a while. Okay. You'll still have your momentum. Yeah. But we are going to replace you with a different Latin guy, just so you can kind of see what would have happened. And what's funny is these policies are just so that, you know, they're, they aren't losing stock. <laughs> that, that stock price isn't falling. You know, you don't want to see steroids. You don't want to see drugs being uh passed around by your you know the the child heroes um but ultimately yeah. these guys are human and like you, you you gotta let them enjoy life a little bit so i i don't know if if the news was actually out there when andrade failed but uh either way i really do not give a fuck i i say do whatever you want to your body um it's your call yeah, rest, wrestling but, uh, hurts i guess i mean Whatever keeps yeah. you alive, I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, I just want to touch on one quick thing that um, much much the way we complimented Brock Lesnar and his ability to give a hoot about getting over little guys, uh, Rey Mysterio has done a oh, fantastic job little guy. Uh, getting over the whole Latin division, it feels like. Um, I yeah. mean, whether he's fighting, you know, Carrillo or whether he's fighting Andrade, and now he's, you know, fighting... Angel Garza, um, he's been out there giving you a very easy rooting interest, you know, for a lot of, you know, the kids who are wearing the luchador masks. Um, and all he's done is make these guys look credible. And it's so funny to, you know, the point you're making earlier about people, you know, making a grumpy in their pants because, you know, Charlotte and Finn Balor <laughs> are going to NXT. It's like, well, Rey Mysterio's doing the same thing. Like, they're just sending the NXT guys up to him, but he's still accomplishing the same goal. So it just seems kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth where I'm, I'm actually in favor of doing this instead of having, you know, the old guard fighting for championships. No, instead, they're just trying to get over younger people, which is what we've wanted all along. Yeah, I, as long as... Uh... Woo! Man, we gotta wrap up soon. I'm yawning. Uh, as long as Drew McIntyre's in the main event scene, they can do whatever they want on a weekly now, basis. Now, hopefully Brock yeah. sees Drew as a little guy <laughs> and helps him get over it. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, but, yeah. Matt, every week, now, uh, it's Wednesday, Wednesday Night Wars. Wars, where uh, we, we... Sorry, yeah, we were gonna build it up. Uh, Matt was gonna <laughs> barf it up. Um, so, uh, we both tackle a show. It's a lot of wrestling <laughs> to watch each week, and uh, we try to give you the top three moments from each show. Matt, I'm going to go first. Moment number three for me was the hottest thing on Twitter since, uh, I don't know, Ricky Gervais. Matt, I made a tweet about John Moxley dangling his car keys. And people <laughs> lost their minds. So if that's why you're here, thank you. I, I thought it was funny, too. Um, apparently, the, the actual bit had something to do with, you know, this whole running gag that he left the inner circle, Moxley. And... Uh, when he was presumably going to join, he's going to get a, an entry gift of a car from uh, Le Champion, or if you're Jim Ross, El Champion, because uh, he, you know, has only been to Texas. Um, I can't believe every time he still calls him El Champion. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a it was a funny bit. He's a special guy. Um, I helped get over the brothers of discussion. More importantly. And Matt, it really feels like Moxley in the in the joke that got over. It was about him, you know, targeting zero to six month old children who like when things like keys dangle in their face because it's funny. Uh, but addition yeah. to that, he also has an eye patch that it looks like he's just gonna wear going forward. Um, and uh, I keep why do I always want to call him? I always want to call him Excelsior every week, Matt. So I'm gonna start doing it. Um, <laughs> Excelsior on commentary uh, has been calling Moxley the big boss which it's a solid snake reference it's a video game reference Matt Moxley is a man f- oh okay I didn't he even is that. a man for all seasons um, I think that was a Charles Dickens book it was a Superman Superman for all seasons and now there's a Moxley for all seasons Matt that was moment number three Matt what was no mom- moment number three for the NXT well, I, I was going to say, the way I was going to build up this week is I thought it was one of the best overall like Wednesday Night War weeks we've had 
since this has begun. I, both shows turned in uh, A pluses, and uh, well, all right, we'll talk about that later. Uh, number three for me was was Jordan Devlin and, and Tyler Breeze. I, I just couldn't have been more tickled to see the Irish Ace uh, hitting the uh, the darker NXT ring mat. Um, and then, of course, getting Tyler Breeze out there. He did another great job selling. Uh, we talk about, like, on more of a, a micro scale of, like, what Rey Mysterio does. Here's Tyler Breeze coming in with all the love and fanfare from the NXT fans, and he, he immediately gives it up for Devlin. And I, I just, these two put on a great match, had some great false finishes. They they were they were really crisp, Mike. And, and sometimes we've talked about NXT going live and some issues with uh, some clumsiness. And something that they were able to hide when it wasn't a live show. But this, this was not clumsy. This was uh, definitely the highlight of, or highlighting a guy like Jordan Devlin who deserves like a major role with the WWE um, eventually. And I, I just, he's built, he's not the same height as Finn Balor, but he he's still got the same he's got the same face we'll say that at least but no he's got he's got a similar uh, build uh from top to bottom and i just I, I i see star power in this guy and he turns in good promos um and he's he's exciting to watch so this, you this know, just you know that reminds me three. of jordan like the comparison you're making it's like when you were a little kid and there was like uh fruit snacks and so there's like a finn balor fruit snack and if you just kind of mush it just a little bit you get jordan Depp. Uh, my, my moment number two in AEW uh, we've been poo-pooing for weeks even Cody Rhodes was saying uh, sorry don't call him Rhodes Cody was saying uh, give me some feedback and we all gave him hell let's see this women's division uh, get some characters you son of a bitch and uh, by god he did it uh, this week Yuka Sakazaki who also goes by the magic woman or something I don't know terrible nickname uh, it uh, it definitely had a like the first Spider-Man movie, Human Spider. That sucks, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Human Spider was out there against Britt Baker, um, and uh, Human Spider actually got the win on a roll-up, which you know, I I don't think they really gave it the proper momentum like build-up where when she won, the crowd was just like, oh, oh, uh, I guess we'll start clapping. There goes the bell. Uh, just kind of an abrupt finish, but the real magic was afterwards because they've been trying to get Brit. Ooh, they tried to start off kind of as a face, and I, I don't think that was really working. The last week they had her cut that promo on Jim Ross being senile, which was funny, but didn't really get her over as a heel. This week she actually got to sink her teeth into being a heel, um, and she took the human spider space, mashed it into the ropes. Um, and the, uh, gimmick was that a tooth fell out in a little pool of blood. Um, it was pretty shocking, uh, cause you don't usually get to see that kind of stuff for, uh, women's division in AEW, let alone, you know, WWE, big papa bear. Um, so it was, uh, it was a treat to see. It was inspiring to see. Um, uh, it makes you excited to see more of this women's division that, you know, it's not all just based on, you know, who's going to fight for the championship belt this week. It feels like. My God, we have an evil son of a bitch on the roster, and now we have somebody to hate. Um, maybe they're finally building a female MJF over there. Oh boy, yeah, no, it's uh, it's good news to see. You know, I, I just you wanted to always see some effort. Um, it was it was Matthew of uh, of Botchmania that pointed out that he watches WWE programming and he can immediately point to those. Um, you know, who's number one? And I guess, yeah, just who's who's below, like who's that second tier? And uh, his problem was that it's just it's so tough to figure out, like who who are the people that you need to give your give the time to? And I, I guess I guess there's some credence to that idea of like, well, anybody could fight for this championship. Um, which when you go to wrestling Twitter, you kind of see like, yeah, Shorty G, he's got to get a shot, man. This is ridiculous. Um. <laughs> But I, I kind of like the, the thought process that Matthew had, um, where it's just kind of like, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's there's better stories to be told when it's it's not just, right? When it's not just that. I, I don't know. That, 
I I, I enjoyed reading his thoughts. All right, so so my turn, right? Yeah, uh, that's what we're pausing for. Sorry, I'm also building up our our graphic for today. Um, number two, there's uh, two returns, we'll say, uh, happened. Uh, number two for me was was Charlotte Flair's return because I think we kind of saw it. Well, we definitely saw it coming because they started teasing it from the beginning of the episode. Um, but yeah, the, that that the whole go around between uh, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair was uh was an absolute joy and charlotte barely said a word and th- those bianca really got over uh her facial reactions did everything uh for yeah. that segment and uh and then you kind of saw this element of of how special nxt is compared to the main roster and they're still trying to build up you know you're, you're not you're not better than us just because you're from the main roster we're, we're our own brand and they're still proud of that and i i kind of like that aspect where they're not just immediately going like well Rhea wants to fight main roster people they're still they were they were cognizant of like this idea or or aware that this could become an issue later where they're they're underselling nxt and Rhea could only find true competition in, on the main roster so they did a good job of, of covering their bases with this uh mike you're number one no, I was or, just gonna say. Did um, you want to comment on that? I think Bel Air, the way she did those facial expressions, it definitely kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Little Miss Bliss. Um, I think Bianca's really close to being like an unbelievable pro pro wrestler. If she has the power moves and she can just clean up, you know, a little bit of the like the mat stuff and just figure out like her comfort zone for promos. She's already got the unique look. Um, nobody has her strength, uh, but she could be really scary good. Um, I'm going to say number one moment for AEW, though. I don't think it can not be Cody taking 10 lashes from MJF. Um, I was reading some analyses yeah. about it, and uh, it's more than it just being a great wrestling gimmick because what it does is it – establishes for you the audience you know what an evil motherfucker mjf is and cody being willing to like eat up all that pain just so he can get the chance to beat up mjf next time um that crowd was like dying for cody um and honestly one of the one of the uh talking points i was reading about matt was i don't know who else could have really done this spot like cody I think a lot of people could have been, you know, MJF just whooping on somebody, but to really sell like that, like just like on, on one half, you're almost this, you know, pathetic broken character who's, you know, literally like Jesus Christ getting beaten into the earth. But then on the other side, yeah. still having that like steadfast determination to keep grinding through this abuse. Um, it's a, it's a rare bird who could, you know, pull that off. And it definitely made me think about those, those anecdotes about Cody taking acting lessons, you know, to figure out how to be the best pro wrestler he can be. I don't think, I don't even think Jericho who, you know, he's, uh, you know, Mr. Charisma can get anything over. I don't don't even think he could have done that. Matt, I'm catching you unprepared. I'm trying to dawdle this question to give you a little extra time to think of it, but my God, can you picture anybody else like right now taking that spot and running with it like Cody did? I mean, um, really take, I mean, I think, I think we know from like a delivering, like the idea of pain perspective and you're going to laugh, but you know, I always come back to Ziggler. Um, I, I just I'll, I'll side with you and say no. This is this is a great spot. Yeah, for I, I mean, and I love you know you know we both love Ziggler. Uh, we both appreciate his work. It just feels like he would have just taken that and he would have just been the whipping boy and just you know been done and out for like three months, like kayfabe or something. But Cody, this just like the way they sold it, and they had the young bucks coming out to like plead with MJF. They had uh, Arn Anderson coming out, and then like the crowd broke. Uh, when Brandy came out, because you could see the tears in her eyes, like, please just stop doing this. This is ridiculous. But Cody wanted to keep fighting through it so he could get that payoff to fight MJF. This was... Man, it was a really incredible segment. Um, I do wish that they hadn't done it in Black History Month. 
but outside of that, it was a, yeah. a pretty, pretty well scripted moment to make you excited for the pay per view. But Matt, the Wednesday Night Wars are not over. There is one more moment here from NXT. Matt, what was your top moment? Well, we got an amazing main event with the Broserweights and Champa going up against Undisputed Era. But uh, we were getting teased about a big return. And, uh, man, they they really um, <laughs> took some liberties in what the hints were. Jesus. Um, but, yeah, there was, I would argue there was zero hints at all. Uh, but a lot of people are already guessing it was Velveteen because who else is going to make the return? But, yeah, Velveteen Dream comes back. Um, Mike, talk about sloppiness. Uh, holy shit. Uh, those are the worst punches I've ever seen uh, Velveteen Dream throw. So uh, I- I'm excited to see him get some work back in the ring. But his return was was fantastic. And, and uh, the showman that he is, even with those terrible punches. And, and he's got to beat up four guys at once. And he's so much bigger than the rest of them. So it kind of looked, just looked like he was pushing like little kids yeah, out of the yeah. ring. Um, but yeah, uh, it, was, it was a great segment. It was a great return. It was something I... In my head, I wasn't actually really prepared for that. I had completely forgotten about the little circle thing with the date. So uh, to me, it was a fun surprise. Uh, I, I know there were folks that were chatting about it even before the show started. I didn't even see that chatter till it was done. So I actually lucked out in that sense. But um, yes, uh, easily. Number one, you get the return of Velveteen Dream. And we were talking about him coming back in the Rumble. Um, you know, now that we've seen the Rumble, maybe that wasn't the best spot for him. But uh I do like I do like where this could be headed, and I, I like seeing I like seeing Dream mixed up in the main event. That's that's the well, it's not the most we can ask, but um, it's it's right now. That's that's where Velveteen should be. I think he I think he's earned it. I think he's in this spot where anything he does will be beloved uh, by. It's, I don't know why I said be loved. It's going to be loved by the fans no matter when he dies. I'm sleepy. I, I'm I really... I think the, the one last right little interesting piece about the timing of Velveteen Dream's return is that I can't believe he got like magically healthier, healthier in, what, 10 days since the Royal Rumble? So this proves my point that I think that everything in that Royal Rumble was done for Drew McIntyre. So if Dream had come back and he had taken that spot that Matt Riddle had taken in the Rumble, I think people would have been a little bit grumpy. I don't think they would have been as happy about McIntyre's win. I, Matt, I think McIntyre's going to be your champion come WrestleMania. Yay! Consider those tea leaves spread. <laughs> Matt, I'm ready to ride off into the sunset. Yay. All right, everybody, go check us out at BOD Podcast on Twitter, BODpodcast.com, and BrothersOfDiscussion.com, and head over to our anchor webpage. that's right anchor we have the links up on the website now so go find it and uh send us some voice messages of your drew mcintyre impression we'll, we'll do this uh why don't we do this up until uh i don't know wrestlemania yeah. why don't we say that for now uh going up until wrestlemania you got to give us your drew mcintyre impressions we'll play them on the show and we'll have the listeners uh vote and uh, let us know who they think wins all right thanks for tuning in everybody bye